I thought we were front for a second, but uh, no, apparently we are back. And that, okay. don't, no, we're good. <laughs> uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Twitching Upstream. Uh, I'm Zach, and uh, he's Dylan. We are some nobodies. We make a bunch of weird, weird stuff. Uh, you can see some of our logos down here at the bottom, such as Silicon Angels, uh, Create Your Own Pod Venture, which is uh, my current favorite, but not my number one overall of some nobodies media. Uh, if you uh, stay tuned to the end, I'll, I'll reveal what that is, just, <laughs> just so you know. Um, but yeah, so what this show is, is that we do a show on Sundays called Talking Upstream, where we interview other creators and people that make stuff, whether it's a cool podcast that we like, movies that we have seen, uh, or other <laughs> random things or people that we know that are also awesome creators. And then we kind of chat with them a little bit. We create something with them. But we wanted to... Uh, not just keep creating stuff and just making more stuff for other people to make and us not to do it. So we decided to kind of make a show where we develop and show people how we take a very weird concept that took us 40 minutes to develop and turn it into something that can be uh, boiled down to a script, maybe a uh, reading or whatever, whatever. Uh, so yeah, so that's what this is. So at any time while you're watching along, feel free to chat, uh, throw something up in the, in the comments and we will, uh, address it appropriately and, uh, maybe fold it into the story, depending on yeah. what it is. Uh, also, uh, hit like and subscribe and all our junk and, uh, let us know how you're doing. Um, but yeah, so what we have been working on is Red Wichita, which is a very cool concept. It was a podcast that we kind of created uh, on episode seven of Twitching Upstream, I think it was, I, maybe. I don't remember when we started it, but it was definitely a Twitching Upstream Yeah, I episode. think it was... Yeah, you can find the link in the show notes. Um, yeah. I, I think it was six or seven. Um, but before we get into that, I'll, I always have some weird word uh, nerd news that I want to throw at Dylan and get his uh, very blase response to it because <laughs> none of it is interesting or important whatsoever. Uh, but <laughs> something that I saw in the news uh, today that really struck uh, really struck my chords uh, was, as you know, Quentin Tarantino, prolific director, writer, et cetera, et cetera. He's been on record for years and years and years saying he's only making 10 movies total. He is at right. nine movies currently. So people are always speculating what his 10th, you know, opus is going to be. Obviously, it is time for if you are a fan of Kill Bill, it would be a good time now to revisit that movie because it is uh, the exact time that Uma Thurman says to uh, Mamba's daughter, mm -hmm. hey, if you grew up, whatever, that'd be a cool movie. Uh, there has been speculation that he is doing a Star Trek. Um, but if you look at his recent movies, uh, obviously he's done a period piece. He has done a Western. He has done a Kung Fu movie. So if you think about it, like he's like, all right, he's obviously going to pick a genre, whatever. But news came out today <laughs> that if he ever does another movie after 10, it will not be as Quentin Tarantino. But it's Quentin Jerome. Uh, his middle name is Jerome. He took his dad's name uh, when he was hmm. uh, a little bit after, like, preteen. Um, and uh, he just liked the name Quentin Tarantino. He thought it sounded cool. It was not his uh, birth name. It's just his dad's name. But, yeah, he <laughs> says if he ever does an 11th movie, it'll be Quentin Jerome. Uh, okay, so what is the point of saying you're only doing 10 movies if you will say that you'll do another movie as somebody else? I mean, it's really hard to figure out what Tarantino's doing in the first place. Um, <laughs> he's got that pretentious art thing kind of nailed down. And I think, like, if that's what is going to happen, then that's what he's going to do. Do you, um, think, do you think there's any chance that he will change his style at all? Maybe. I don't know if he can do that. 
I don't know if he can actually like manage that. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, he's done uh, like network shows. He did a two part CSI episode, which was <laughs> very, very cool. Um, <laughs> he was very close to doing, like I said, a Star Trek movie. He's been involved in other weird projects. <laughs> like um, he obviously wrote uh, True Romance, which is one of my favorite movies. But he also has a hand in writing the Flintstones movie. So he, he's been everywhere. <laughs> um so yeah, it, it is odd to say, but I, I just don't know why you would say I'm only making 10. I'm only making 10. If I do make 11 though, it won't be a Tarantino John. Because he is he is one of the few all tours that we have currently where yes. you can look at a movie and say, I know exactly who made that movie. Uh blah blah blah. What yeah. are you gonna say? No, I think you're right. He is all tour, and I think part of that is that <sighs> Yeah, I think shady. I think he's. I think this is right. Think of it like all the sh offshoots are for different styles or f different feels or something like that. Um, I mean, Tarantino. You can tell when you're watching something he directed and wrote, and sometimes you can tell at certain points when he wrote something. Yeah. Um, I think if he really, if he really wants to branch out and do something different, changing the name might help him distance himself from that. In that, maybe he'll take on a different persona yeah prince, but that, that's that's the thing like it, known as prince well all of his you know that that's a prince yes. song though when you hear it yes. um but even like um uh i forget what i was gonna say it doesn't matter okay. um <laughs> whatever anyway so okay other weird news that i, I saw oh god i do i do want to go on record i don't think he's ever gonna make a star trek movie i don't think that's ever gonna happen not anymore no uh, oh no? what i was Oh, dang, I had it, and I lost it again. <laughs> yeah, whatever. That's funny. Um, Something uh, about Star Trek? I don't know. Whatever. Uh, no. do, you don't want to rerun it and see if I can jog your memory again? I don't think it was Star Trek. I think every time Star okay. Trek comes up, I lose it. Okay. It's something about Blink-182. Uh, different stuff. Oh, okay. So anyway, what I was going to say is if it is like a ghost writer um, and you write like how Stephen King writes under different people, Richard Bachman, mm -hmm. etc. There is a different feel to those styles of writing also. Um, I just don't know how a director can have a different vision. Um, but either way, I I'm interested. Yeah, um, other weird news. I don't know if you happen to see this. <laughs> this really shocked me. Uh, it, it really took a lot of my time today doing some research. But it turns out, I don't know if you knew this or not, California uh, recently has just voted <laughs> that five more states, it is now illegal for state representation to travel to these states, which means, yes. yeah. So there are now 17 states in total that if you are a state official from California, you are not legally allowed or they will not pay for it. I don't think you're legally allowed to be there because of their, their views of the LGBTQ. They um, won't pay for it. Yeah, which is- They won't is, pay for official travel. Yeah, which is so, so great. And I think that's uh, yeah. such a real precedence. Um, but when you look at this list of states, you're like, well, obviously, yeah, that's stupid. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they have very stupid views on trans people, trans children, um, any, uh, all, all people. And uh, it's, I'm it's interesting. It's interesting to see California throw its weight around because it's, it's in that weird semi spot where it's a state, but it has one of the top 10 GDPs in the world. So equivalent nation, it's a na it's like a, this weird squiggly nation state, and it's weird anytime California really does throw its weight around inside the union. Yeah, because if they wanted to, they could operate on probably some sort of minor global level, but <laughs> they they definitely could. I mean, they, they're similar to Texas, where they're kind of set up to be like able to succeed. I mean, not not as uh, infrastructure wise not, as Texas, yes, but uh, but definitely monetarily and with all of their you know yeah. all of the resources they have there but uh either way wait what, what did shady phd say he said um oh he uh, said uh tarantino is gonna pick up after the fairly brothers and make memorable comedy movies oh i would love that well jackie brown i i think that's a very funny movie and i uh i, I like that movie and i think it's <laughs> jackie, very underrated jackie brown has comedic moments i don't know that i would label it a comedy <laughs> i don't know it's pretty funny all those gun commercials and <laughs> but yeah I mean, it's been a while yeah, I would say as far as like a Tarantino movie gets, uh, it, it is yeah. uh, funny. I don't know. All right. So other more, uh, <laughs> uh, I'll say 
Marvel-y, whatever. Sure. MC, MCU news. I'm not sure if you saw the recent... Um, wait, what was this? Uh, just think of the comedies of the 90s. I quote Dumb and Dumber on the... Well, yeah, Dumb and Dumber is one of the best comedies of all time. So that makes sense. Wait, does does Dumb and Dumber hold up? I think it does, right? I, You know, we watched it for The Real Boys a while ago. Yeah, um, I, missed, I missed that episode. Oh, right. Yes. Um, you know, I thought it was funny. If it, It's a little basic compared to comedies that have come out in the last few years, but that is virtue of the fact that it came out in 94. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, it's, um, a, it's, a, it's a straight Jim Carrey vessel, though, right? Like, without without Carrey, it does not work. It's Jim Car- uh Jeff Daniels does a pretty good job in it, um, but Jim Carrey is definitely pulling a lot of the uh, a lot of the slapstick weight. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch that later today and see see how it goes. Anyway, yeah. Marvel news. So I'm not sure if you saw recently uh, Shang Chi's cha- uh, trailer just came out. The the yeah. newer one, the exclusive one. Um, it- <laughs> wait, we saying that some of the jokes in Dumb and Dumber will go over people's heads because of just. <laughs> A decline in society. I don't know. It's not. It's not even really jokes in that movie. It's just Jim Carrey making. Jeff Daniels does something stupid, and then Jim Carrey makes a face. So uh, he said, "Dumb and Dumber is too smart for people." Yeah, I'm into that. Uh, but yeah, I'm not sure if you saw the Shang Chi trailer, but there was a very small clip of what looked like Abomination in a tournament fighting. Um, yeah, and wait, he was put in Facebook. Ron was put in Facebook jail for quoting Dumb and Dumber just last week. Wait, just for saying the words or for writing? Uh, so, I don't know, Lloyd. The f- <laughs> That's a very good line, though. Uh, but anyway, there's a clip in the Shang-Chi trailer where it has, like, Abomination no. fighting in a tournament. Uh, and Kevin Feige came out today and uh, verified that that is um wong that abomination is fighting yeah what would what do you think if you had to like uh form some kind of circumstances of why wong who is a sorcerer working for the sorcerer supreme is fighting abomination who has not been seen since the hulk movie and has only been talked about once uh ron said i finished that line and boom wait like verbally or wrote the line Uh, i I mean probably wrote the line just wrote just wrote that quote and was put in jail. Huh. Anyway. Wow. Yeah. Huh. All Dude. Right. Facebook. Fascist book, more like it. Yeah. Fa- fash book. <laughs> that's not gonna that's not gonna hang out. That's not gonna catch in. <laughs> no. Uh but what do you think? Tournament wise, how, how does how does Wong why does Wong in a tournament? Is he taken? Because he's a sorcerer. So I'm hoping. This is my own personal hope for the movie is that part or most of this movie will take place between the snaps. So this is when a lot of people are gone from earth and society's kind of breaking down or something like that. What I think realistically is going to be, it's going to be Madripoor from Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I just don't know why Wong would be in a tournament. I just don't see it. But uh, maybe he's. I don't know. I don't know. I really don't. Yeah. Wong doesn't yeah. have much of a character yet. Like, I mean, he, I mean, he loves Beyonce. He does one liners. He loves Beyonce and he does one liners. That's about it. Yeah. I mean, but he hangs out with uh, Doctor Strange, though. So he, does. he definitely knows. Yeah, whatever. Uh, other weird MCU news. I'm not sure if you noticed this. I'm not, I don't even know why this happened. But uh, if uh, the finale of WandaVision, right? A couple months ago. Yeah. They did this weird swooping visual uh, going to the mountains of possibly Wandergore Mountain. We're not really sure exactly where it yeah. is yet, I think. But. <clears throat> For some reason, yesterday, I think, or two days ago, Marvel just changed very, very lightly uh, the ending of this. They added a couple trees to it. They kind of took some birds away. And it it made me start thinking, like, obviously, Lucas was uh, almost crucified for changing his vision of what he saw and now because mostly everything's digital like on disney plus there's no way for anyone to hold a physical version of that so if they do change that and they upload it 
we'll, we could really never know unless obviously people have that or torn or whatever. Um, but do you think a, they've changed anything else and B, what is the point? Oh, we got a question for you. Oh, question for Zach. Uh, do you think they will add any more backstory between Banner, Abomination, and Ross in the future? Uh, yes, 100%. Because we know that uh, Banner and Abomination are both in the She-Hulk. They've been confirmed for the She-Hulk series. Oh. And I would Good assume since since Zemo got so much buzz, and since we have um, what's-her-face, uh, Louise Dreyfus in there now as Val, I'm thinking they're going to build a Thunderbolts which is obviously ran by Thunderbolt Ross. So I cool. would say within the next two years, you're going to have way more Thunderbolt stuff. Uh, and yeah, I think that's where they're going with all that. Yeah. Um, I used, yeah. Oops, sorry. Go for it. Disney, Disney declares Loki gender fluid for pride in a shock twist after Loki's already been gender fluid for centuries. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for real. It was a weird move. Uh, Red, I mean, if you want Marvel's Loki and in general, Asgardian pantheon to adhere to historical pantheons wrong wrong ip wrong franchise buddy i'm sorry like you are they didn't even declare him gender fluid they said that there's a variant who's a woman this is not the loki we know they call her sylvie like they well i think they said he was gender fluid and they also said he was bisexual they did um, say he was bisexual they on screen he's like a little bit of both and i'm like cool Right. There was a there was a piece of paper um, in like episode one or two, maybe episode one. They were putting him on trial, and I'm pretty sure that it said something about being fluid. I'm not All I'm right. not really sure, but yeah, I agree with you, Jalen. Like, if you want to really get into Norse mythology, what like Hela is uh, a child of Loki, I think, right? And uh, in I know classic that and Fenris and the mid uh, the serpent. Yeah, and I also know that uh, what the wolf is a child. Fenrir is a child of Loki. Uh, so uh, <laughs> and, I, whoops, I, I, I used Fenrir the wrong name. <laughs> oh, who's Fenris? I said, I said Fenris. He's a character from Warhammer Forty Thousand. <laughs> Honestly, knowing Loki, uh, he, he would get around. And Fenrir, yeah. But uh, okay, so back back to the Wandavision thing. Why yeah. do you think they would change this months afterwards? It it does not matter whatsoever. Now there was a bit of a weird glare in there, and a lot of people were thinking like, "Oh, it's that they're adding strange." No, it nope. was just it was a CGI thing for the window. Um, yeah, but whatever. They screwed up because they did sloppy editing for no reason. For no reason. They took out a duck and they added a tree. Yeah, and... they added like two two trees. Took out some birds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Odin's yes, yeah, Sleep Near is also Loki's kid. Yeah, whole whole thing. But that's because Loki, as we are aware of him, is probably a, an amalgamation of various different trickster spirits in the Norse pantheon that got coagulated due to Christian mercenaries. Uh, mercenaries, mission. Oh yeah, missionaries needing a uh, needing Same. a Satan figure. Yeah, uh, Me mental mercenaries. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I'd say maybe since COVID messed up the original timeline. I don't. I don't know. I just. I don't. I don't know. Uh, a way to get one of vision and fresh people's <laughs> mind. I mean, maybe I just I don't see that either. It's it's such an odd move, and also it would make me think like I wonder what else they have changed slightly. Yeah. Well, but there's this is that conversation I'm, that happens when that when Lucas released the edited versions of the original Star Wars, and now the only way to watch the unedited ones are on the original VHS because I don't think they ever printed them onto DVD to make nope. the old ones. So there is the question rising again of original vision and whether like, whether you need to have physical media out there to maintain what people have put out. Well, the, see, the thing is that they, when they're making movies though, uh, was Dr. Strange two slated for a week after Wanda originally, I think originally, yes, but that was back when Scott Derrickson was attached to it and he quit oh. and that, and I think that got pushed back before COVID, but probably. Uh, and Ron this, says, I feel like fixing mistakes, especially CGI mistakes, well after the fact is common now. Yeah, I game, guess so. I think I think specifically the Game of Thrones coffee cup was nefarious to try and get people talking about it. Because that was during the final season where conversation about the show and reviews and online sympathies to the show were tanking. 
completely and utterly falling apart. And I think that was them. Try. I think that was HBO trying to be like, we got to get this back in, back in the social media churn. Um, but then but they went back would, in. And, what would that do? It would just make what people watch that one episode, or it's people talking about it again in a way that's not sub- about how bad the writing is. But, yeah, but it's but it, not it well thought out. But it can't send people to like the theater, so they can't make money off of it. You either watch. No one's going to sign up for HBO because of a coffee cup incident. I don't think so. Maybe. Uh, but Ron agrees with you, and he said, especially when it happens again in the last episode. Uh, I didn't catch the second one in the last episode, but I. <sighs> what was the last mad. one? Get, I don't know. Maybe there's a coffee cup on the table where they're all talking about who's king or something. I. Mm. I watched it the night of the premiere and I have not gone back. Hmm. It broke my heart. That that's my <laughs> that's my angry franchise is the Game of Thrones show on HBO. People yeah, get mad not, about Star Wars and I get it because I get mad about Game of Thrones. I I don't get mad about Game of Thrones. It is just a fact that last season is garbage. Uh yeah. it is it is not a good conclusion, not good at all. Uh Ron says under Sam's chair in the final decision uh oh that's right yep, yeah i'm I googling it right now oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah hey. jesus that's, that's embarrassing. crazy um but into even more nerd news before we hop back into this awesome awesome story uh let's hop over to dceu for a sec now snyder set up the dceu right way visions casting it's all him he gets producer credits for wonder woman because he designed mm-hmm. that look technically same with aquaman now snyder is out now we know that the flash movie is coming out soon which might have a ben affleck appearance as well as either an aquaman or a gal gadot there's the possibility of wonder woman 3 which would have gal gadot now when casting new people, where does that line go? Because now kind of J.J. Abrams is in charge of the DC and he's doing uh, the next Sp- Superman movie. And they're also saying that in a Flash movie, <clears throat> they're, they've cast a Superwoman. Now, there's a possibility that they're going to make the Superwoman and Superman fight and kill off Cavill. Now that's dumb, but is there any way to maintain the vision of Zack Snyder while moving into a, a, I guess, a new vision? How do you do that? I don't think you do it. I think Snyder's style, I think it's so heavily like tied to what he does content wise. And I think it's so heavily, I think it heavily informs the aesthetic of the movie. Even Wonder Woman, like I remember watching that and I'm like, there are parts of this that look very Zack Snyder-ish. He loves his No Man's Land fights. He loves his gray bullet time stuff, which happened in that, you know, that first one. Mm -hmm. And they tried to go stylistically in a different direction with Wonder Woman 84. And despite all the flaws in that movie, it didn't feel like a Zack Snyder movie, but it also wasn't good. 84? 84. Well, 84 had nothing to do with Zack Snyder. That was right. post that was post Snyder being out. That was a hundred percent Patty Jenkins. I'm oh but what, you're, but what you're saying, saying is that, that movie still fits while not being Snydery. Yeah. And I don't know. Snyder was really instrumental in developing this version of Superman. And I think A, I think killing him off is going to uh not be well received. Yeah. And it's not and going to make your new Superwoman a character that people like. Because it is difficult to recast half of a franchise, really. Yeah. At least a solid third. I mean, Superman is a third of the Trinity. Um, and uh, you know, Ben Affleck, I guess you could work around that somehow with, uh, you know, with, with um, Flashpoint. But I just, I, I don't know how they're going to do uh, getting rid of Cavill or recasting Cavill. They they put all of their eggs in the Snyder bucket. All of them. Yeah. And it, and it did not work out. And they're trying desperately to salvage whatever they can of this. And I think it's probably just best for them to be like, you know what? We screwed up. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just make a bunch of great one-off movies. 
Yeah, which I think is what they should do anyway. I think some things should should be attached, some things should be solid one-offs. I've, yeah. I've always said that. Anyway, all right, let, let's get into what we're doing here. Sure. Uh, what we do on this show is take uh, a concept that we've created and then keep working it down and working it down until uh, we can sell it to somebody yeah. <laughs> and twitch ourselves up to a streaming service uh, or at least a steady uh, cash flow stream. Uh, yeah. Either way, either way, I'll let Dylan kind of uh, catch us up to where we are and sure. what we're trying to accomplish with today's episode. So the the project we've been working on for the last few weeks is a potential podcast called Red Wichita. It's a serial style, so a kind of documentary style podcast about what happens when a supervillain named Red Emperor takes over the city of Wichita for about three to three and a half weeks or so. And how the rest of the superhero community in the United States at the time tries to come together and prevent it from becoming a global disaster. Or just not letting him run Wichita for as long as he can. Uh, and then the main drama of the story is that the narrator of the podcast, a woman named Daphne Driver, who is a reporter for the Wichita Eagle, lost friends in Wichita and believes that the superhero analog in the setting, Superion, is at least responsible or at least an unwilling and an unwitting accessory to the damage. Whether it was intentional or not, Superion is partially responsible for why this went so badly. Um, we sketched out, I think, six rough episodes on our episode, which you can go watch Twitching Upstream 7, whatever episode it was. I don't remember. Uh, you can go watch that to get like our original build up of this, but we've been kind of just, just developing the episodes itself. And we got, we've gone through most of the backstory and the first episode. And that is Daphne had some friends of hers who were reptilians from the center of the earth who had started podcasting about local superhero goings on. They had managed to get a recording that sounded like superior getting involved in some way. That's kind of the impetus for Daphne getting involved. Um, we have her interviewing a few minor heroes, villains. We have her managing to interview Red Emperor himself at one point, and he's just like, hey, maybe Superion had something more to do with it than you think. Uh, we worked out a few backstory things, and I think we were ready to go on to episode two. I think. Yeah. I think Is there anything right. else I haven't uh covered? No, I don't think so. Um, right. I mean, I guess the crux of it was that she knew a low. I guess that was what did she, she works with. The okay, yeah, she's the April O'Neil. Nah, yeah, nah, I remember. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So episode two is going to start now. Do we have each one starting with a like uh, clip of uh, the original interview or either? Yeah, we can start with either some like legacy audio is the term i use for like in universe audio that's from a previous recording yeah the, yeah, the lizard the lizard uh podcast yeah yeah oh yeah it would be really fun to start every episode with like a segment from the lizards <laughs> yeah which is real like c or a d level like not important yeah. whatsoever like they're they're getting like free gas or just something you know it's like oh these friggin' superheroes in this town yeah, get, get another cup of free coffee and you're like oh uh, whatever oh uh, this is pretty good reptilian podcast should have them pranking an alex jones type guy every episode they set up some kind of gaslight on him until they get fridged for driver's backstory <laughs> yep love it yeah reptilians in the fridge is a uh, real unsavory trope that we're gonna make full advantage of in this <laughs> oh yeah you got you gotta thing, you gotta the thing about reptilians is if you put them in the fridge, they go into torpor and like kind of hibernate a little bit because they're cold-blooded. Yeah, the same with flies. <laughs> I, don't know if, I don't know if you know that or not. Uh, um, yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. I used to, I used here. to, I used to catch flies on like my screen and put them in the freezer, and then I would put them in my, my sister's medicine bottles. So when she would open them in the morning, a bunch of flies would pop out, like it just fly out, and she literally had no idea what was happening. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was really like I was like, I don't know what's in that medicine, and I, yeah, and that's why I told her like her medicine was, uh, hey, oh, uh, that's that's what I told her medicine was uh, just deep like uh, freeze dried. Oh, uh god. like maggots and i was like that's a really must... good prank in general oh my god <laughs> yeah 
No, yeah, we had some weird ones. Uh, a lot of them included uh, putting like you know putting insects in the freezer. Uh, yeah, like we would put like bees in there, and then when they would fall asleep, we would tie string to them and then take them to school as our pets, and we would just have like bees like flying on like dental floss or tiny little string. <laughs> um, but anyway, okay. So uh, Red Flanagan says one of the reptilians escapes by losing his tail, which is found in the wreckage, setting up a dramatic fake out so we can return later in the series as an edgy Nightwing type. Uh, that is great. Um... We, we had the reptilians called MHLP, and I remember that being some sort of parody of TMNT. Do you remember what that actually stood for? It was, it was like... Uh, uh, Millennial, uh, millennial humanoid rep lizard podcasters, or something like that, wasn't it? I forget. I feel like, yeah, something like that. Probably that makes sense. I mean, we can watch last week's episode and figure it out again, but I guess, yeah, I mean, that's the the close (laughs) one because I remember it was like Teenage Mutant Lizard podcasters, yeah, so uh, millennial humanoid lizard yeah that makes sense <laughs> uh with alan scales with uh, alan God. scales what, what a good show prom- it's gonna be it's promoted to commodore scales yeah commodore scales that's, that's like my the, my favorite name that you've ever come up with for a character i don't know why um <laughs> sounds like something right. from star fox yeah um so the segment's gonna start with the reptilian podcast about pranking yeah. and actions. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Uh, wait. Oh, because they have because Red Emperor is <laughs> Tucker Carlson. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm into that. Who who is there, Alex Jones, or do we have? We don't have anything planned it for. Yeah. I, this okay, is cool. just this is just a either a character building moment to establish why Daphne was so close to these guys. Just to make yeah, us. No, yeah. I was a, I was asking who our Alex Jones is going to be, mm. or is it Alex Jones? It could just be Alex Jones. Do we know yeah. anybody who can do an Alex Jones impersonation? I think anyone. This is not difficult. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. And, All right. So I'm I'm into that. And then the first interview is with Heavy Step. And Heavy Step's involvement with the big crisis was what? Well, Heavy Step was a localized hero. His ability was that um, he was the Capoeira guy who could like adjust gravity in his own body. Oh, sick. So, yeah, right? Um, so what how what kind of light can he shed on the start of everything? Cuz we're building up to the actual yeah. catastrophe in episode 3. Or I guess at the end of this episode, we're kind of like building up towards it. Yeah, okay. So um, we <laughs> Oh. Yeah. Cool. Nice. All right. Yeah. Um so let's see. So the first thing we do know that there is a financial gain for Superion to have yeah. helped slash not helped fast. There is, hmm. Let's see. So one of them needs to know. So okay, Daphne knows that Superion did not show up on in time. Yeah, on time. And it took him time. It took him three weeks to in, involve himself. And when he does involve himself, it does not take him long to actually solve it. Yeah. So maybe. Okay. So maybe um, Heavy Step was one of the first um, superheroes to be like dispatched by the government to like a first responder for superheroes. Yeah. It's like yeah. I was. It was like we were on the we were part of that first group that went there and try to figure it out. Yeah. We were curious why Superion wasn't here either. He noticed, maybe he's part of the group that noticed that the, that there was an earthquake in Wichita, which doesn't happen in Kansas. And because red Wichita has tectonic powers. So he's like, we noticed there were earthquakes happening and we didn't think much of it, but I had a lot of like demolition deal. Like, non-controlled demolition delaying jobs right i got called in to prevent a building from falling down and which is probably pretty stable what if okay so what if somehow we work in that uh since he has tectonic powers and he can like uh alter stuff whatever yeah let's say that he um i was trying to work in the concept of him choosing certain buildings to fall down that are either sponsoring him 
or that are sponsoring Superion. Like maybe uh, Heavy Step be like, yeah, that's when I noticed that like the only big building that didn't fall down was X Corp, you know, cool. whatever. Yeah. And uh, it's like, the, yeah. And then maybe later on, somebody's like, yeah. And then we realized the day that X Corp dropped, that's when Superion like was in there within an hour, you know, and maybe because of behind the scenes, there was fighting. And uh, that's how Red Emperor got back at Superion because financial backing, I guess. What do you think yeah. about that? No, I like that a lot that um, the specific, the earthquakes or techno- tectonic weirdness doesn't seem to knock over certain buildings. And I didn't think anything of it until Daphne reached out or something or, you know, something like that. Yeah. Well, uh, way before Daphne reached out. But, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's why uh, the first set of, you know, responders went there. And I either, I I don't know, do you think that they should have like a verbal, uh, like just like a conversation with Red Emperor? And because there's got to be a reason that the first first group of superheroes uh, don't. Don't try to take them down. Or don't succeed, at least. I figure they don't succeed because Red Emperor brings his, like, bad four... You know, every villain has, like, their four lieutenants or something. You've got your... your uh, Oh, so maybe two Black of them Moth? were in this... Maybe the two old- of them were in this group. What do you mean? Like, two maybe... Of the, two, two of the bad like- guys were infiltrating? Yeah, maybe they were part of, like, the superhero group until, like, this event or something. And that's why that first group fell, or no? I'm. I was thinking it was something like um, <clears throat> these are the first four local guys to try and go in and fight Red Emperor. They realize they're outmatched, so they mm. retreat. And then they're doing like inner. They're they're like sneaking into the city to get people out during the occupation, or oh, they're okay. running relief stuff or something like that. So I they like, just go for it. So, so they sent in like a first wave attack and lost terribly, and yeah. then just reverted back to being. Uh, rescuers. All right, cool. I'm into that. I like that. Um, then they went to try and take down. Oh, okay, cool. Um, sorry, I got an email with a uh, the word rent in the co- contact in the subject header, and it's not relevant to me. They just mass sent it out. Yeah. Um, then they want to try and take down Red Emperor. You didn't read all the email. It was a wrench sale. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Classic <laughs> wrench sale. Oh, man. I got to stop subscribing to those uh, mailing lists. <laughs> wrench Weekly. Yeah. And left. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and then part two is interview with Dean Powers. Now, what's yeah. Dean's, uh, what's Dean's in, uh, uh, dealings? Uh, Dean works for the Department of Powered Individuals. So Daphne, I mean, that's kind of the reason she could reach out to him. It's like, what was your, you know, you work for the DPI at this time. What was your immediate assessment of the situation or something? Because he's kind of, I think in this series, he's kind of the government in. You Mm. know, he's the government contact for her, at least at the start. Um, Now, is this, um, now do, do we learn from Dean that there was multiple notices for Superion to show up. Yeah. Would he would he have that information or I he I maybe he doesn't directly interface with Superion's like handlers, but um he's like, yeah, we sent out not- we sent out the usual we sent the normal smoke signals and nobody respond and he didn't respond. Yeah. Uh, what what other what's what's like the key info? Ooh, uh, rent. If you're over 65, Colorado, you'll be amazed at these rates. Also, hot singles, doubles, 12 packs in your air. That is <laughs> that is so true. Uh, <laughs> D- Dylan only takes on 12 packs. I so, certainly do. Yeah, swingers <laughs> beware. Um, okay, so uh, <laughs> we know about handlers. We Ooh. know all we know mm. a lot about handlers. Anyway. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So chat is getting saucy today. It is weird. Huh? Um, yeah. So what, what's Dean? The- what's Dean bringing to the table other than the fact that uh, he knows some of the people that were called upon that were well, there? 
you know, you have you have your like <clears throat> you always talk to the chief of police in these sorts of podcasts to get like the official story. And Dean is providing what was the official story at the time. Yeah. <clears throat> which was we sent out notices, we dispatched the normal teams. And he's like, everyone showed up except for Superion, right? Yeah. That's that's the thing. I feel like either he has more information that he's keeping to himself. Um, or lying about something. Bye, 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 bye. Yeah, I think I think we have her going back to Dean later on. See, that's what I'm thinking. I feel yeah. like he he knows something else. Um, I just don't know what that is yet. What do you <laughs> think it is? What does Dean know? I think he probably has some sort of classified info that she doesn't that she doesn't get yet. Maybe that okay, how about this? What if that recording that she has of Red Wichita and whatever dealings where Superion is in the background, right? What if it turns out in the second interview with Dean Powers that Superion did show up the first time he was called? And that's when he had like that meeting and then he didn't show up the next couple times, but the media thinks he never showed up. Yeah. So, so Dean's like, maybe somehow Dean flubs and was like, well, he showed up that one time, but that was it. And she's like, no, you, and she's like, you know, flips back through her pages. And she's like, you very clearly said he never showed up. And she's like, and then Dean's like, well, no, I mean, he was, he was, uh, he was here the very first before like anything really major happened. So blah, blah. What, what do you think of that idea? Yeah, I like I like it. Um, right, Daphne, cool. I'm I'm skipping ahead a little bit to make sure we have these seeds scattered throughout. But Daphne manages to get Dean with a gotcha question about how he said Superion never showed up earlier in episode two, and Dean backpedals now that she has some sort of incriminating proof. We'll, yeah. we'll develop that a little bit later when we get to it. But I think the main thrust for episode two is that we foreshadowed the revelation that Superion did show up, and that's where Daphne's audio comes from that the yeah. MHLP got. Um, <clears throat> so Dean, yeah, Dean says Superion never showed up, and we mm -hmm. foreshadowed that second interview revelation uh, with, you know, Dean says maybe, some maybe info. Yeah, because yeah. maybe Dean says, like, the first wave of superheroes that we called out, uh, they all kind of, like, had just negotiations, you know, like, just diplomatic negotiations. The only person didn't show up as Superion. And they then were, she's like... And they were cautious to advance on any sort of front when their heavyweight wasn't there. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I like our that. Hands were, our hands were tied. We we weren't ready to go off half-cocked. Like, we weren't yeah. ready to go without everybody ready to to go yeah and I, I like the media thinking that superior never showed up till later for some reason yeah uh, all right cool so uh part three why red emperor chose wichita this um, is this is effectively just kind of like reading the wikipedia article for wichita not, not not exactly but this is just like yeah before we go into the attack of the, the events of the day itself it's important to understand why wichita kansas or like what wichita is and then we go into like at the time of the 2020 census, Wichita's population numbered in the, and we can flub all of our data because it's like a hero setting. Yeah. It's like, it's not a massive metropolis, but it is located in the center of the breadbasket state with and little tectonic activity or something like I, that. I think the only fictional thing that we should add is a couple major, let's say, oil companies or um, yeah. just like one or two major companies that have just billions of dollars for something solar or corn syrup they're just uh, fine. they're just um they're just hedge funds yeah but like people don't really know what the company is or what they do they're just big and they adopt a lot of highways yeah they adopted a lot of highways and a lot of philanthropical yeah philanthropic um, projects yeah philanthropic phil 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 Philanthropic. 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 Uh, my, 
I sound weird. I sound weird, and that's going to continue for the next forty-nine and a half weeks. Oh so that's God! Okay. Here, here comes his friggin' brag. Nope. Go ahead. Go ahead. Hit it. Hit it with the hot brag. No, that's it. That's all <laughs> yeah, I'm saying. That's all I'm Dylan's saying. Dylan's getting new um, teeth. Te- oh, that, Red Flanagan says Red Emperor has tectonic powers. Right, that could help that's, with. That's oil. a good oh, point. Yeah, yeah, there you go. And Kansas so, has Red, oil. Red, like there are oil, you drive through Kansas and there are oil derricks. Yeah, there is. Uh, they're called derricks. That's cool. Yeah, um, I think okay, so. so what? What if the ultimate thing is Red Emperor wants the sponsorship that Superion has, and that's why all of this happened, and people don't know about that. And then the big thing is like this all happened, and then wait, Superion is sponsored by oil companies. Wait, Superion sponsored. <laughs> hey, we'll, we'll get to that. That's fine. Uh, yeah. Either way, I do like the, the you know in that whole Wikipedia article. There's just like the two main companies that uh, are yeah. ultimately nefarious, but we don't know about that. Um, yeah. Number four, collection collection of clips from the day itself. Wait, Red Emperor, a uh, Red Flanagan says so. Red Emperor becomes a partner because he can extract oil, and then later gets his comeuppance by getting black bagged and enslaved by the oil companies because they're real bad guys. Yep, we do. We Perfect. do have him serving his sentence at the San Andreas Fault, where he's preventing yep. it from having the big earthquake, and he's trying to unwind the fault. So yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, it kind of works. Um, works perfectly. Turns out Red Emperor was a. A hidden part. I don't, you know, the term is not really hidden partner, but um, Red Emperor was, you know, worked with the oil companies. And oh, and their decision to they, they finally were like, all right, Superion, go in and get him. And he's like, mm, not yet. Well, at, no, at, at the end, they're the ones oh. who are stopping him from doing it. But at the end, finally, they're like, you know what? We're cutting ties with the Red Emperor. Superion, get on in there. Cool. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah. All right. So for collection of clips from the day itself, news reports about Red Emperor approaching on the ground audio from in-person recordings, Red Emperor proclamation of annexation. All right. This that is, seems pretty this self-explanatory. Is, this is all like in-universe audio of like you have you have a group of non-reptilian podcasters being like, it's the Wichita Sports Hour. And you hear shaking. It's like, whoa, what's this? And then you have audio from like a newscast of like some event where, you know, so-and-so, you know, this is the beginning of every superhero disaster movie nowadays where someone's recording something on their cell phone, but it's the podcasting version of it. Yeah, I'm cool with that. And it doesn't need to be much, but like... (laughs) So it's like, which is a bunch of different like news, news anchors speaking... Or news reports, uh, podcasting interruptions, uh, <laughs> podcasting interruptions. Well, as in like people recording their podcasts and then that episode gets interrupted because they're in Wichita when it happens and they're like, Oh, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. You're, what, what's up with your screen? Is your screen shaking? It's like, no, no, this is an earthquake, man. Like that sort of thing. Yeah. The platinum alert. Yeah. You have whatever alert they have. Um, uh, Okay, oh. so uh, Red Flanagan says maybe that's Superion's gift. He defeats bad guys as they disappear to be enslaved for corporate heavy industry based on power. They also set heroes up to look <coughs> bad so they can get to it. Yeah. I, I, like, I like that a lot. I like the fact that one of Superion's like, sponsors is a secret superhero enslavement center. Yep, that's messed up. Which is exactly what I expect from Red. Um, yeah, even even superhero enslavement is a for profit <laughs> camp. Yeah, yeah, uh, I like that. All right, um, so four four seems easy, right? That's just. Uh, I mean, this is effectively something we can reach out to all our podcasts and buddies about, where we're like, "Hey, if we give you a sh- character sheet, and we're like, all right, you're in Wichita, you're so and so, improvise something." Yeah. Like, yeah, that's right. something we get like four or five sections of this, and then we get whoever's voicing Red Emperor. We write out like a proclamation of annexation or like declaration of conquering or something like that. And yeah, with a, does he have like a list of demands first or something? Or leave me just, alone. I'm in charge he, now. <laughs> yeah, he just wants it. This is it's my mine. city. Yeah. yeah, it's mine. 
All right. So five interview with Doc Quantum. Importance of timing and quick response. Yeah. So this what is, is um, what's what's Doc Quantum's powers again? I think we had Doc Quantum. He had some sort of time screw ability. Oh, he invented ways to give people powers. Oh. <laughs> um, and he, um, oh, we had him written down as having gotten killed by Red Emperor's people, but that doesn't really work with this. Um, because we had his. It was an interview about the importance of timing and quick response in in like disaster situations. Yeah. So what do you what do you want to do with this? So this is a little bit of exposition about like you know the myth about the 24-hour missing person thing is false, right? It's important to get acting as soon as you can. We had to get acting in Wichita as soon as we could. Something like that. And then maybe he has some line about like, you know, I I pride myself on being able to think ahead and I hadn't seen this coming. <laughs> And he's like, yeah, once I saw once I saw Superior on fly away, I knew that like I was gonna have to really use my noggin. And I'm like, what? Superior on flying away? Like, no, that's not he was never yeah. here. And he's um, like, No, he was here. He asked for some help. Uh he, no, maybe he's maybe superior. Mm. I, I don't I don't think you should mention Superion immediately, but I think okay. I like the I like him hinting at, you know. <sighs> Maybe there's something about like, you know, we knew some heavy hitters were in town, but nobody was around. Nobody seemed to arrive on the scene when it was happening. It's important to think ahead, which is why it was weird that there was no quicker response other than heavy step. And he like kind of shit talks heavy step a little bit. <laughs> but he, uh, he makes reference to the fact where he's like, if anybody had bothered to respond quickly to this, we could have taken care of this and people would be alive. Yeah. Uh, Red Flanagan says Doc Quantum was dead, but in fact retreated into a special box in which he was both alive and dead until it was opened by his buddy later when it was safe. Yeah. yeah. I like I like that he escapes using Schroeder. It's like this is my, this is the last surviving this is the last surviving Schrodinger box. <laughs> yeah. And it's like you took the time to carve this into a cat. It's like, well, yeah, obviously. I'm not gonna try this on a cat before unless I try it on myself first. No, no, car carve it into a cat. Like it just—it's oh. a cat-shaped cat box. It's like, the, it's like the Sphinx. Yeah, or like a tiger or something. Um, elaborate on how there was no quick response by any superhero except Heavy Step said with disdain. Then, uh. Doc Quantum didn't see anything else because he retreated into his Schrodinger box and was later rescued when it was safe. I probably misspelled that, but that's okay. Oh. Huh. <coughs> it just sounds so German. I expect there to be a silent E in there somewhere. x -Laborate? Yeah, there's two E's there. Um, oh, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Um, okay, so so Daphne talks to Doc Quantum, who now is out of yeah. his Schrodinger's box, and he just says, "Yeah, it's really important about timing and quick response," and lets him know that somebody could have solved it. Yeah, what well, if, if there was if. It, this is a failure. Maybe Doc Quantum doesn't know much, but his whole, the reason he propels Daphne forward is he was like, this was a failure of every superhero who could have been there. And there are a dozen in the United States alone who could have been there on time. <laughs> Where does, was superhero? Does, does he, yeah, does he allude to some superheroes have being there and left, maybe? I feel like is it just like, but where was Superion? Is it is that it? Like the the question is like, where was he, or do we allude to him being there and having left? Maybe maybe we make reference to the fact that nobody was around to take it seriously, despite the fact that Wichita's a big city. Yeah, cool. All right. Yeah, yeah, I'm into that. Yeah, cool. Is that uh? So that's episode two. That's episode two written out. 
All right. Excellent. All right. So next week we are going to try to crush a couple more of these episodes. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to have so much nerd news uh, next week. Maybe depending. Obviously yeah. depends on the news. Um, but yeah, I really like where this is going. This is a, yeah. a, a very cool little thing. And I would like to listen to it already. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's been what we do on Twitching Upstream. We uh, take weird concepts and turn them into stuff that hopefully people could figure some stuff out. Um, Ref Lanigan says some side characters should be doing a psych study on supers to see why so many go crazy because their entire life is nothing but <laughs> trolley problems. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm into that. That's, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh god that's an off that's a great way of putting forward like the curse of the superpower your yeah. entire life is trolley problems you got nothing to do except choose the lesser destructive path <laughs> uh, but you can see that yeah, it does you can see the progress of this and all the weird stuff that some nobody's uh creates uh, all the things that dylan writes and i talk about way too much over at our website some nobodies.com we also have a patreon uh we have people that uh, help us make some stuff and the people that we like to thank for that uh are scott curtis of behind the bits that awesome podcast award-winning interviewer and podcaster scott curtis mm -hmm. uh fairly funny guy but very good podcaster uh but check out his show uh behind the bits anywhere you listen to anything uh we also have some east coast friends uh tonya Sheck and sarah takashik thank you thank you thank you we appreciate you uh all the way on the east coast we also have listener app which i think changed names on us and yeah. didn't let us know uh, it used to be as the greatest podcast app on Instagram. Now it's called like Momentum or Memento. Memento. Yeah. No, that's a that's a gum. That's some kind of chewy something. Mm. Fresh makers. Five. Five. Five gum. Never seen no. those commercials where it's like a dude gets frozen in ice and then shattered into a billion pieces, and they're like. This is why you should chew our gum. You Never seen five? those? Of course I have. I'm just wondering oh, yeah. what the correlation between that and uh, Mentos, the fresh maker gum oh, is. Oh, <laughs> no, I, I think it's Memento, not Momentos. No, my Mentos. They want Momentos. At mymentos.com. <laughs> uh, not showing for Mentos. <laughs> that's where you can find all of my Mentos, all my favorite flavors, such as orange. Um, but yeah, thank you very much. We appreciate it. We have a GoFundMe. We have a movie that we're still working on uh, called Give Me Back. It's something that we actually made on Talking Upstream, yeah. which uh, we love that show. So please check that out. If you want to hear more of our words coming out of our mouth, you can see us on The Real Boys uh, most Mondays and Fridays. We have a show, uh, a newer show called No Time to Binge, which is a very cool bi-weekly show where we kind of watch just the first and last episode and then just try to guess what happens in the middle because who's got time for all this stuff? Uh, Red Fanny Red Fan says, uh, Five Gum, uh, what happens if you give the under-the-skin guy creative control? Of yeah, for real. Yeah, uh, still, It's still better than the Skittles things. I don't understand those. Oh, God, yeah. Whatever. You remember um, those Quiznos ads with the weird little like paper cutout monkeys? No. I'll send you the link after the show. I think I'll remember them. Paper monkey Quiznos ads? They were those... They would cut out the eyes and mouths from magazines and have the little. Oh things. gosh, yeah. that sounds awful. Yeah, it, was, not, it was terrible. I am not interested in that. Um, but yeah, so that's where you can see our stuff. You can hear our stuff anywhere. Literally, open up any app that you have on your phone. Type in some nobodies. Most likely, uh, you'll see something that we do there. Uh, Animal Crossing or Xbox Live or and who who yeah. really cares? Who knows? Uh, but uh, yeah, until uh, until you click on something else that we do, uh, Dylan, my best friend, I appreciate you. Uh, thank you so much for spending time with me. Oh, and yeah. Uh, yeah, thank you to Scene Snobs uh, for having us on here. A couple shows. Uh, thank you to Jeff Dwoskin. Uh, check out his show if you're interested in other stuff that you can watch. But yeah, until um, yeah. next time, guys. I've been Zach. He's been Dylan. You've been great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate yeah. you. Bye. Easy out there, guys. Thank you.